Okay, welcome to 32 Pages 2 Staples. This is episode number 54, which I am which I am titling the the poorly timed election episode, <laughs> um, which you'll which will which is what I call a teaser because you'll find out why in a little bit. Um, oh yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, you probably already know part of it, but like, whatever. Anyways, this is Chad. I'm here with Patrick. Hey. John is not saving his family because he didn't make it back. Um, yeah, John's dead. He didn't. He didn't make it from wherever the fuck he was. Um, no, but to be honest, his, his internet doesn't work because you guys live in Vermont, and um, the, he's gonna have to miss this week. So we are Vermont internet really is shitty. <laughs> is it really? Like, I, I, apparently, I, I always have pro- like so many people always have problems. It's shocking to me because like, your internet is garbage. Yeah, my internet's garbage. And, like, friends have always joked, like, you know, about Vermont being backwards in technology and modernity. But, I mean, apparently we have shitty internet. Yeah. Like, well, shitty internet. It's, yeah, it's probably, it's probably all the, the dying dreams of aging yuppies that just kind of clog the, <laughs> clog the fiber optics. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God. Yeah, this is the land of dying dreams, isn't it? So, so anyways, um, one quick note for scheduling things. We are not going to do we – are, we, are, we are already not very weekly at this moment in time. <laughs> but for people who are listening and are, are dedicated listeners, we will not be doing an episode next week. So I will definitely not be here. The week after the 28th or 29th, I could. Um, so we'll try and do one that week. And then the week of January 4th. Um, we're going to have to record one January 4th because I leave on the, the morning of the 5th again. But um, that Wednesday, we'll come out with an episode that will be a recap of 2016, in which we'll talk about some of the comics that we liked, um, different series, different maybe individual issues even, uh, writers and artists. And the three of us will hopefully all be there and be able to, to go through some of the stuff from 2016 um, and hopefully celebrate the end of like what was a pretty horrendous year, I think, for everyone. Jesus, God awful. Like I don't know anyone who thought 2016 really kicked ass. Um, well, I know I know one person. I, I don't even think I don't think that person thought it did at all. I think you did. I don't think so. I have a feeling just like this is this was not what I wanted to have happen. <laughs> this is not how I thought it would end. No, I thought it was going to be like. I thought I was going to get out of this shit. Um, I thought I'd get a TV show out of this, man. This is, now this is garbage, and I have to do a lot of work. And then after that, the 11th, going 11th forwards, we will have episodes every week, and we'll be back on track and all that kind of stuff. So um, so anyways, and we'll probably get back to our more witty, timely banter. Um, we're trying to find some timely banter for tonight. And the first thing I was going to ask you is if you're going to go see Rogue One this weekend. And and no, I'm not because I, I don't need to find out how it ends. But I don't understand. I don't understand your 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 thing about that. Like, there's a lot of things that we know what it is, but the process is more enjoyable than the outcome. Yeah, I agree completely. And mine's more like a sarcastic dismissive of. I don't even see anything new in this outcome. Like, what? The idea of other stories told in the Star Wars universe is the most compelling thing about like this expanded uh, Star Wars set of movies. Um, so continuing to retread and, you know, not just making the prequels, but making uh, like a side prequel, it just has no interest to me. Like this, this universe offers so much more. I'd rather see that be taken up than to see this be taken up. That doesn't mean that you can't, you can tell a story where everyone knows every, the, the 
basic plot point of the story and still make it really interesting and compelling and give us good characters and give us good whatever. You can do that, absolutely. But I'm so frustrated with the, the constant retread that I don't even want to give it a chance. I don't know that it seems like a constant retread to me. I think I think you're going to be proven wrong. By who? I'm not going to see it, so I can't be proven wrong. Yeah, well, when you <laughs> when you die and they tell you that you're wrong. Um, <laughs> wait, so wait, you think that when you die, you go to heaven and someone like goes through your reaction to every movie and, and TV show and book and they're like, no, you were wrong. You were yep. wrong. Had that right. You were wrong. No, I don't know that it's heaven, but it's like an infinite yeah. time space in which you can relive all the moments of time and all the mistakes that you made over and over again. And, <laughs> and you'll learn quickly that you were just wrong. I, I sit there and relive all of the mistakes I've made every day. I don't need to die for that. Yeah, good. Yeah, it seems like good fun. <laughs> the, uh, the other thing that I saw here that's kind of insane is that there's an announcement that Riverdale, the new uh, CW <laughs> show, which looks like a dark version of Archie, um, uh, is having Molly Ringwald play Archie's mom, which means that I am old enough to be Archie's dad. Oh... I don't. Yeah, that's that's more or less. I think she's older than I am. She's got to be older than you. I don't know by how much, but um, but but she was like she was like a star. Oh, she's like seven years older than I am. Yeah, that's barely. So, you know, her first role was in Facts of Life, <laughs> oh, which, which I watched. I did not know that that was that that started that long ago. Wow, Jesus Christ! Who, who, I met her before. Audience? You met her. Mm-hmm. At, a, oh. at the Los Angeles Times Book Festival. Fun. Was she charming? Uh, she sort of, yeah. She's she's charming, but she's also like very attractive. Like she's one yeah. of these people. Like it doesn't. Like, even if you're not attracted to her, she's like they they those people have like an aura. Yeah. Like famous famous people who are like actors or actresses in that way, they just have like something else, and you can it's, tell. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre. I also have one other piece of random news that I just saw is that Method Man is writing a Ghostwriter Christmas story for Marvel. When the hell is this coming out? If like this How is like pitches that I don't know, but like it's Did got the, the... It to them. Does someone like an editor think, oh, you know who should write this story? Method Man. You know why? But he was in the Luke Cage show. Was he? Yep. He's there's a scene. There's a whole scene. Where uh, Luke Cage interrupts a robbery and Method Man's in there and he's like, "Yo, man, you're, you're uh, whatever. What's the name of the Method Man? The main Method Man album." Um, that is something I will never know. Oh, even Christ. after you say, it. Uh, "I'm blanking say out," it and I will forget. Um, it. But he's like, he's like, "Man, that was my jam." And the guys and Method Man's like, "Dude, that's super cool. Thanks for being here from the hood, or for <laughs> Harlem." And uh, he gives him his hoodie. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Uh, to the tickle. I think that's how you say that. I actually don't know how you say that. I shouldn't say that. Anyways, um, are there any other any other things that you want to banter about? Uh, no, I'm very intrigued with this Method Man thing, though. Are you going to read it? No, I don't like fucking Ghost Rider. <laughs> I, I, Ghost Rider is not one of my characters. Ghost Rider is one of the magic characters. Yeah, but it's Method Man. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that Method Man is someone who should be is writing comic books. Like I don't. I, that, that doesn't. That doesn't mean anything. If it was like, is the comic book a rap? Because if the comic <laughs> book's a rap, then I'll read it. <laughs> the entire comic book is just the narrator rapping the story. 
yeah, of like a Jesus new Christ. Method Man album starring Ghost Rider, then I'd read it. But it's like a Christmas <laughs> special too. I don't care about that. I don't care about holiday specials. Although, you know, that's a good place to start. Did you happen to read this Batman annual? I did. I don't know what I remember of it. I don't remember much of it, but it was all Christmas-based. Yeah. And so I actually did have a question for you guys about this um, when I read it. Like, the first story, I mean, it's kind of, some of it's okay. Like, it's not yeah, bad. It's it's, um, yeah. But it's one of these annuals where there's, like, a bunch of short stories. The first one has, like, Alfred helping rehab a dog. Um, like it was like used by the Joker, um, and is like super hyper violent. Named Ace becomes Ace the Bat Dog, um, which is an old part of Batman history and lore. But uh, it's like Alfred training him over Christmas time, and that that story is like pretty nice. And then there's like one yeah. where there's like no crime in Gotham for like a minute during the Christmas season. And that's nice or holiday season, I suppose. Um, and then they get increasingly less interesting. Um, but do you like the annuals that have, like, one full... So, like, when um, Scott Snyder was doing Batman, the annuals <coughs> had, like, one long story that ended up, like, tying into something later or being a clue for something that happened in, like, a later later arc. I mean, like, sort of fit in there. Um, and I remember in the 80s, um, or I guess 80s or early 90s, that, like, the a lot of Marvel annuals in the summer would all tie together and, like, to one large event. Rather than having like an event like mm. they do now, it was like more, and it was done in the annuals. Um, and then there's the annuals like this that are like the short story ones. And I wonder which ones you prefer best and why. I I prefer this. Um, you like the short I, story, just like out of continuity, doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. I think it, it lets you get weirder. You know, it lets you play a little more, um, and it doesn't require the reader to to pick it up or not pick it up or whatever. Um, I especially, I mean, that whole tying into other ones seems cool, but I also always feel bullied into buying other books when something like that is happening. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't want, you don't want them to make some content that would be valuable to have. That would be really awful. <laughs> like you yeah, want it to be it content would. that you just don't care about. <laughs> it seems like a back ass thing in a, in a way though. I know what you're saying, but it does seem sort of back ass Like, I don't yeah, know that I but, want to buy something that has no relevance. But I kind of do. I mean, the annual is a, a it's a it's a place to have that. I think it's like of, an all star game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a place of no relevance is 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 an important place when it's used well and sparingly. And I think annuals can do that. In which case, and how I do think, you judge the value of like this one? What's that? How do you judge the value of an annual like this one then? In which there's like, what are there, six stories in here, five stories in here? And like, if, if two of them are good. Well, okay. So here to me is the ideal result of this type of annual is really liking one of the stories, whether for the art or for the writing and not recognizing the, the people involved and then being like, oh, this is someone I want to check out now. They did this cool Batman story that brought a new thing that I haven't seen before. I like that writer. I want to see what else they've written. I'm going to go check that out. That, that to me, is, a, is a, a practical result of this type of annual and what I look for in it. Mm, okay. I don't know. That I what, feel that so same I, way. You obviously disagree with me. Why, why do you – besides uh, uh, not – agreeing with my reason for what is your reason for your preference 
I don't know that I if it's if it's just like a testing ground for new artists and and writers, that's fine. But that's not really what this is, and I don't think that. No, that's no, what, I know. I, yeah, I know that's not what this specific one is. But I don't think I don't think there'd be many that would, and I'm not sure if I would be like, oh, that person has an interesting take on Batman in an eight-page short story. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I don't. I don't know that I really care about that. Like I like I like the continuity of things. I like that's what I like about reading comics is they go on and yeah. they create a larger story. So like these sort of toss offy things, if it's like if it's someone who um is sort of testing out and doing something that's just a standalone short story, it's like, well that was that was nice, okay, great. Um and maybe if that person has a a large backlist that I'm not aware of, maybe that would be intriguing, but I don't I don't know that I would. I don't. I don't know that that doesn't appeal to me. I like the ones that are like one long standalone story that's like extra sized and might be something that uh, takes a different character or a different mm, approach to yeah. things. No, but see it's that one, I dig. One huge story rather than this little choppy like short story thing in which like a few pages. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I started getting in the next one. I'm like, this is not interesting to me. Um, but I feel compelled to read it because I bought it. Um, yeah. yeah. I like the I like the big long oversized single story i really like the big long oversized thing when it's not the main guy when it's not batman when it's something else when it's like in that universe and attached to that universe but it's something different um i i like annuals as a as a, as a space to be not necessarily outside of continuity but outside of the normal flow of the continuity yeah is, is my that. I guess my, that's my bigger preference over um, short stories versus the the big long story is that it's something that's outside of what's normally been happening in the book, um, but still fits in some way. I, I think that's, that's it. Always can only think of annuals as being summer things because that's when they used to take place, and it made huh. sort of sense yeah. that it'd be like yeah, in no, the summer, yeah. like there's like a I don't know, there's not really break, but it's like summertime. You get more freedom for some reason, like. I don't know why this thing just came out like in I, November. It's like, I'm okay, also whatever. Sure that annuals come out more than once a year now. That seems quite possible, like, too. I'm pretty, I pretty attention sure. This one says it's number one, so. Well, they, no, all, every annual is number one, but it no, doesn't matter. They used to be They used to be numbered. No, they didn't. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. For as long as I've bought annuals, they haven't been numbered. Oh, I, yeah. I think even like the Batman annual last a couple of years ago was n- yeah Batman annual number two. Really? They did it, yeah, yeah. They do it and when it's every year for the series. They do they do number them. Okay. Um, but it, I I could it would make more sense if it actually just did it as like the year. Yeah. Batman annual twenty sixteen or something like right. that. Right. That'd be nice. So there are two comics that I read over the past couple of weeks that deal with the election. Okay. Directly. And that's where I wanted to, to talk about. This is where the yeah. title, I think, comes from. The first one, weirdly, this will be quasi-valiant corner and, and election, is Faith number five has a backup story that's about... Um, Faith is a character that's like... Um, has been embraced by like the comic fandom because it's a female and she's fat and um, she's like good hearted and like wants to do positive things and not always have to fight all the time. And she has an alter ego. She lives in Los Angeles has an alter ego that writes for like a Buzzfeed sort of blog that covers like superhero <laughs> stuff and things like that. And um, there's a backup story by Louise Simonson and 
Perry Perez. Um, that's about her having to cover uh, uh, as her as her superhero as Faith cover um, Hillary Clinton giving a speech at the the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum to approximately seven million people based on this <laughs> drawing. Like there are more people than than there are. I mean, it's, they're all faded out, but like the background image is of like the most packed. The LA Coliseum, first of all, I don't think is this big. Like this is bigger than like bigger than like the United States, but it is filled with people who are very excited. Um, so she sort of saves the day. She fights a. She leaves to go to go fight some uh, people who are bank robbing or robbing a bank. She tries to save the day. She ends up screwing up because uh, she doesn't pay attention to like part of this helicopter that they're escaping in, and this rotor crushes this dude's legs. And and then Hillary Clinton's like, it's okay, man. You just try your best and like, you know, do what you can, and move on. And it has like a, a sub sub sort of internal <coughs> monologue about like why it's why even if you're just one person, and you don't think you have that much impact on the world. If you do what you need to do and do your best, you know, your vote still counts. Um, and then it ends with saying like, go out and vote next week. And this did come out. I read this late. This did come out before the election, so this sort of makes sense. But like, it's. <laughs> really clear that it's like vote for hillary yeah please go vote for hillary please please just go vote for hillary and then there's ms marvel number 13 which i have no idea why this is published (laughs) Uh, this came out one month after the election this is crazy this is absolutely crazy so like as an issue like there's two things to this okay so as an issue itself it's pretty fine if you if you like after school specials, because that's yeah. essentially what it is. I like it's it's pretty fine if you like garbage. If you like, because it's it's literally an information up on how the voting system works, on on why it's important to vote. There's redistricting that happens instantly. So this is in case in case you didn't read this. This is called it is called election day. It is about how this character gets moved into Kamala's class because uh, the mayor redistricted everything, and so the next day he had to go to a different school. Which is exactly <laughs> that's, that's That's not really, you know, generally what happens. Um, and Kamala's like, that's okay, I'll go fight this redistricting thing, and finds out that it's like a more sinister plot in which this one guy that works for Hydra is trying to take over Jersey City by running for mayor, so they redistrict everything so that um, and gerrymandered it so that he could win um, the mayorship. And so then she 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 teams up with everyone and they go and get out the vote and the third party candidate wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's got all this like information about like how voting works, like what your rule, what your rights are as a as a citizen. Like your boss can't tell you you're not allowed to leave work to vote. Um, how you can register and have find out you're registered by going online. All these people who are complaining and she like sets them straight and they all go vote and Jill Stein wins and the day has been saved. But all of this came out like a more than a month after the election. Like it's the most poorly timed comic I have seen. This is like this is worse. This is worse timing than our podcast. Like this is crazy, and I don't understand why it exists at all. And it's so heavy handed. It's so heavy handed. Like I, mean, I understand. Like if this were like a this feels like one of those comics that John likes that are like the. Um, the, po- the post office things or whatever that teach you about right. democracy and that you give to like a high school student who's like, in a civics class because they don't want to read a textbook. It, it feels like something that should be like a free comic featuring Miss Marvel that's like distributed to elementary schools. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a, that's yeah. what it fucking feels like. Yep. Like, it's written with no sense of the world the book is built. It's written with no sense of the actual world. The scene when she's explaining all, like, most states have mail-in ballot options if you can't get to the polls. Some states have switched everybody to the mail-in option so you don't have to stand in line at all. Like, that is supposed to be someone inspiring crowd around her in her city directly in front of her to vote and she's like giving a theoretical speech about how every state works yeah like, fuck you like at least make it specific to this imaginary fucking world you've built this is this is my favorite part is when oh, uh, her friend um what's her friend's name mike mike is looking up information about this about why this kid's suddenly in their classroom yeah. <laughs> i still think it's just the like thinnest of premises um, and she looks up stuff online and she says, the new electoral <coughs> districts weren't approved by the state assembly. They cut through neighborhoods that tend to vote the same way. Then other neighborhoods are all smushed together into one district, so their votes count for less. And Ms. Marvel says, gerrymandering. <laughs> Mike says, yup. <laughs> what? Just this, like... is, this is really not very good. Oh, it's so bad, but it's also like, it's like, as you said, like, Ms. Marvel and a couple speeches and belief and hope gets this wonderful third party candidate elected and stops an evil plot. And like, it's so happy and idealistic and simple. And that coming out a month into the fucking reality we live in. It's so, it's so fucking painful. How like, could they, they should not... just fucking never publish the goddamn thing. They should like, have they yeah, they... just been like, no, sorry guys, issue 13, eh, no one wants it anymore. We'll just yeah, skip 20... it. 32 blank pages would have been more appropriate. <laughs> this is this is my summary. favorite. My favorite page is the page because because this is always like this is exactly how the trope has to work where it's like the the conflict that she runs into is 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 voter apathy and or complaints. And so there's the one page in the middle. It's just a list of everyone's complaints. And the one woman's like, I don't have time. And then the next couple is like, Are we even registered to vote? Aren't we? I have no idea. And then there's the old crazy guy with the cane who has no teeth who's yelling, I haven't voted since 1972. I'm protesting all the things. I love him. I agree with him. There's the college people. Do I technically live here? I go to college here, but my parents live out of state. Who technically lives like anywhere? I, I'm, I'm on like a, a, a raise and burn mission and of canceling books. And I, this whole civil war sideshow uh, made Ms. Marvel not as good. And I didn't enjoy as much. And this, I'm just, fuck you. Like, fuck you. I'm done. I'm out. No more Ms. Yeah. Marvel for me. Oh, the book isn't for me. I don't know who that book is for that one specifically, but it's not for me. That's, that's, that's too bad. This one, I like Ms. Marvel overall. I did at first for a while, and then it just it it hasn't hit me for a while. Like number of issues, I haven't enjoyed it, and this is just so bad that I'm angry. So the one that was always on the, I I, I don't think I'm gonna chop it, but is literally my uh, uh, <laughs> value. Yeah, my wins above replacement or my comic above replacement is Invisible Republic, um, and I yeah. binge read. I binge read all five issues that I had been behind on today, up through number thirteen, which is the most recent one. There's a lot of stuff going on in this. I mean, I don't even. I'm. This is one I'm not sure that I can recap very well. Basically, like on Avalon is a moon in which they've been led by a dictator. Um, the dictator is overthrown, 
everything's sort of plunged into chaos. A journalist finds a uh, like a diary of the dictator's uh, sister, who no one knew even really existed, that sort of exposes like how he came to power. There's a there's a bit of a struggle on whether or not he should be allowed to publish this. At the end of the last book, <coughs> he does publish it. Um, the new arc shows that that caused major problems and led to like the death of his journalist friend. What? Oh, it sounds like Donald Trump. Um, I don't I don't think so, Chloe. Um, but uh, anyway, so he so this causes problems, including the death of his journalist friend is murdered by the woman who wrote the journal, I guess. We're not quite clear on that yet. Um, the Earth government, or it's not no longer based on Earth, but is based on Mars. The sole government has sort of prevented any communication or travel to this this moon, Avalon. Everything's a little bit in chaos, all because of this book, which is complete garbage as a premise. The <laughs> best part of this, like, but the the whole the way that the, the the sort of politics works, I find really interesting, and I know they're just using this as their like kind of MacGuffin to move through the universe and to like yeah. see how yeah. like how all politics interact and how people are how like one moon that's taking advantage of someone else's resources and that that place that's getting the resources taken advantage of gets really pissed so they draft people from another place and just sacrifice them for their for their own good and like everything all the ways that people use each other and the way that these governments are sort of unstable and and built on coalitions that are that are exploitative all that's totally fine but then there's this part where like the, our, our main protagonist, Bab, I think it's Crodger Bab, goes back to Avalon, sneaks on, sneaks into Avalon to find out what the hell is going on and why they killed his, like, journalist. They're, everyone's like, they killed a journalist, <laughs> which I, mean, <laughs> seems, I know that's important, but it seems a little bit weirdly out of touch for, like, t- 2,483 or whatever year this takes place. And um, they're never going to be journalists at this point in time. Um, but anyways, he gets in there, and they lock him up with a bunch of galleys of of what's the guy's name even Mallory who the dictator the dictator's biography that he wrote autobiography that he wrote and um and he's reading them and he's like he's like god why'd you leave me in here blah blah, blah this is stupid so and so forth and um and this guy's like <laughs> this guy who's keeping him captive says you need to you really should read Arthur's memoir and Bev's like what and he's like it's self-aggrandizing, sure, but a lot of it's true. I should know. I practically grew up in Mallory Hall. Hell, I read the damn galleys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> like, what a reference. He's galley like, bragging. There's no... Yeah, not only that, there's no way in the year 2438 or wherever this is, there are going to be people that are like reading galleys of like books. There's even a moment where there, where he sees that he's in Detroit, of all places, where everything's run down and shot to shit. Earth is like destroyed. They're trying to like re-terraform it. And they go. he goes into this hall for like a book signing and it's just packed with thousands of people. And someone has like a, a copy, a print copy. And he's like, wow, a print copy of my book. And they're like, sometimes you got to splurge for the good stuff. It's like, what is this? What is it, the... It kind of made sense on Avalon because Avalon was supposed to be like a weird left behind backwater. Like yeah. It was behind everyone else because it didn't have faster than light travel. And so it made sense there to have that place be a little closer to us or an idealized version of us but for it to be on earth is where it becomes like complete nonsense just 100 percent nonsense it's so it's that's that part's so weird i do like the the way that it's like undercutting her story a little bit where it's there's there's mm-hmm. the, the backdrop of maya Ravenon's like journal as it's telling it and people are like 
Dude, this might not even be true. Like, she's probably just making this up to make herself look better. And, uh... Yeah, because when we were introduced to her, hers was the true story to counter Mallory's. And now suddenly we're like, oh, wait, maybe maybe we would kind of be tricked the whole time. Yeah, she could be a complete liar. Which I would believe, too. I don't know. So you didn't read you didn't read Saga, right? I did not. No. You're done. You're out on Saga. I'm done on Saga. That's that's it's a big day. It's a big yeah, moment. Yeah. So what 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 do you think of the new one? I don't remember any part of this at this point <laughs> in time. I feel like I feel like I read this literally two weeks ago, and I had a comment, and now that comment is totally lost. Except that there's a um there's a 2001 nod in here. Of like a, a, a sort of deformed baby uh, with rings around its head floating in space. That's sort of a, a 2001 nod, which is great. And um, nice. the, I appreciate that, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I do appreciate that. And then the robot guy decides to kill himself. Spoiler. Eh, eh, probably can't blame him. <laughs> yeah, I had to catch up on this too. Because you were talking about like how the the Hazel has her first kiss with the like cute weirdo things. And I had been behind on all of that. So I hadn't even seen that. But uh, or hadn't read that. But I don't know. I mean, it's still it's in, it's enjoyable enough to me. But it, I know I know why you don't like it, and it, it, yeah. those things are very evident. <clears throat> it's very cute. It is very all those things. But you're sticking with it. I don't know. I, it's, it's it's inertia. <laughs> see, I'm trying to fight inertia, and now you're making me question Invisible Republic. But I see. I think I have a tougher time dropping books that I feel like a reread could change my opinion of like reading them more quickly. Like you did with invisible Republic and getting a better grasp because you read them without forgetting everything. Mm-hmm. Like if I fear that that would change my opinion of a book, I have a tougher time dropping it. Yeah. I think, I think invisible Republic has actually got interesting things to say. Yeah. It's maybe a little bit too on the nose at times and a little bit too like this weird idealism where there's even in the back matter, it's all so, so grounded in like environmentalism and species protection and things that are like, then like the, one of the, in the most recent issue, Maya's on like in her journal, she's escaped uh, from like the authorities that are arresting her and her merry band of revolutionaries before (coughs) her brother takes over. And she's living on the planet that's at civil war and having the civil war over their resources. And like a, dog-like creature gets caught in a trap and she goes through all this stuff to save it to like Mm -hmm. sort of show that like you know this is important and whatever and some of that rings really hollow i think i don't know that it's true or it doesn't feel like it feels like it's something that they're just interjecting because those are their beliefs in our current world and not like necessarily even the characters doesn't i don't know it doesn't it just feels like it's like sort of propagandaistic rather than real even the way it was paced felt odd yeah. It felt inserted. It felt like a side note. It didn't fit in with everything else that was going on. Um, yeah, it, it felt odd to me. And the whole, like, I like it enough because I like the complexity of the, the <laughs> narrative structure. I just wish it were a little bit better. Yeah, I think I concur. I think it started off better. I think it started off really strong. I don't, I wonder if it, that's true or if it was just because it was confusing. <laughs> or new. It seemed new at first. Because we just didn't know, we didn't know what, it, yeah, we didn't know what was right. going on. It seemed like they had a very strong world imagined that we're going to explore, which is always a compelling start. I think they do yeah. have a, a specific plan. 
I, yeah, I forget because they've they talked about like how how yeah. long it's going to be and all that kind of stuff, but. Which that alone makes me want to stick with the book. Like knowing there's an yeah. end, you're like, okay, fine, I'll take it. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know that Saga is ever going to have an end. No, that's yeah. Nope, I don't think so. Nope. So what do you have that you're that you were excited about this week? That's what I was just flipping through. Um, I think the things I liked most this week were Unfollow and Flintstones. Oh yeah, I forgot that I don't have the Flintstones as a comic. I have it as a digital thing. Uh, I forgot about that. It's it's fun. It's oh, super fucking dark. I read it. I mean, I read it. I just don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I mean, it's a super dark issue, like they all have been. And this one, the, they all take on themes, and this one is the apocalypse, which is so welcome in many ways. Yeah. Um, and the, the scientist character predicts the, the an asteroid is going to hit the Earth, and it's on their news, and everyone freaks the fuck out. Like, yep. complete societal breakdown. Cop just sitting there eating a snack food, uh, not wanting to do paperwork before he dies. Religious collapse. Um, and then the, the scientist made a mistake, and everything's fine, and they have to try to move on after, like, being completely inhuman and destroying their mall. Um, hmm. I think my favorite part in all of it though, and the, the quietest, darkest part is at one point, uh, Fred goes bowling. Yep. That's and, really the best part. Oh God. It's so brutal. So and he, like, so he bowls the armadillo. Yeah. Like, like everything in, in the Flintstones world, uh, everything's made of something different and their bowling ball is an armadillo, which would, be normally played playful it's it's funny oh it's an armadillo until you go home and see the armadillo trying to process his day <laughs> this is the best i just want to read this so it has like the first the first image is armadillo being crashing through the bowling pins and and fred yelling yabba dabba freaking do and then this is the armadillo's assessment of things i don't know how to explain it he's he's talking to talking to the vacuum cleaner who's an elephant um who is stuck in a dark closet the entire day and and this is armadillo i don't know how to explain it he rolls me across the floor as hard as he can for no reason at all i've tried to figure out how to ma- stop making him so angry but nothing i do seems to make any difference then i get swept into a dark tunnel and think this is it this is where i die <laughs> but then i come out the other end and the horror show starts all over again is this my life is this all i mean to the universe <laughs> And the the, the, the the vacuum cleaner um, elephant's um, next reflection is, you know, whenever they're finished vacuuming the floor, the humans just stick me back in the closet. I have no idea when I'll ever see daylight again. And then it ends like so sad. Where the elephant's like, knowing that my friend bowling ball is on the other side of the door, it makes me think maybe the only meaning to life is that which we get from each other. Which, which... It's like this sounding, inspiring thing, but the picture is just him alone in the dark track. Just waiting. Just like the guy like, who owns Mr. Slate, who's like, hey, it's the oh talk club, so do you want to come hang out in my mansion with me? I don't want to die alone. And they're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> We're out. Oh, God. Like, that, that bowling ball, I thought that page was going to be like, just the bowling ball and, and a confession to his friend. And that's dark and like super dark and a great metaphor for, our, you know, our basic life, but continuing it, like having the elephant be like, Oh yeah, I'm also fucking existentially miserable was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's always fun. It's always there's always something that I I like and I like part of the thing that that I like about it, but it's also weird is like how disjointed some of this some of the the Flintstone comics are. Yeah, they don't always follow from like from like panel to panel or screen to screen, page to page. They just don't always like there's like bits that aren't either aren't funny or they're just like there, and it, it yeah. makes it it makes it odd to read in in an enjoyable way because it doesn't. It's not what you expect because it doesn't ever like really make sense. Like even at the beginning, so you get the mall and it does go back to the mall later on, granted. But the first page is just like a bunch of jokes, like spear, like of stores in a mall, like Spears yeah. and, and Roebuck and Hammerstones and Foot Liquor. Yeah. And yeah, Foot Liquor Restaurant, Panda Excess. And like Fred's getting a sample of a panda head from Panda <laughs> Excess. And uh, he says, gee, everyone's so nice at the mall. And they're all smiling. And then the next page is like, has nothing to do with that no. whatsoever. Nope. And they're at, like, they're at like the first church of Gerald, um, which is also pretty awesome. <laughs> and then there's like a thing about the, the science cave and then like the online, the, the uh, TV show. So it's like, it's very disjointed. And some of the beats are like, there's just nothing. They're not there. Like even that, the one where the next line, the next thing after they're at the mall, they're at the first church. It's like three people being like, welcome. Like, hey, bless your family. And they're like, how are you doing? Thanks. Like, that's it. Like, it's not even a joke. It's just like a weird scene setting. And I I find that compelling. And like, how I don't. Yeah, I just don't. Sometimes I just don't get like how this is how this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I I still have no concept of how it exists. But like all those ways of hitting beats in an odd time works because of how it returns to them too. Sometimes like all, all yeah. But a lot of the stuff you mentioned at this beginning, like the church and the mall, it all comes back and not in a, like a normally flowed out way, not in a, a perfectly, um, what is that? Uh, mirrored way. There's, it's not particularly clever and tight. It's just loose in the way it's hitting those same beats again later. Well, it which is, is interesting. Those, those people were the, the, at that first scene where they're at the church. The the guy in the blue says, "Hey, Sheila, Gerald, bless you and your family." And she's like, "Well, aren't you sweet? Thank you, Tim." And then when this apocalypse, oh, yeah. um, he's the one who turns around to that same couple That's and awesome. is like, "Hey, husband of <laughs> Sheila, I should tell you that Sheila and I have this like torrid love affair going on." So. <laughs> And that's when like their their humanity is falling apart. And there's that great line when they're like, "Well, we didn't all die, so let's like go back to believing in these things that keep us that are superficial and that we don't really quite believe in, but at least keep us like not being awful." I I really like the line of "Who wants to join my club?" Because <laughs> oh, you're hitting someone. Yeah, that one's um, pretty solid. The, uh, I the stopped one... hitting. I stopped clubbing people. <laughs> <laughs> you told me Cheryl didn't like it. <laughs> I like clubbing people. <laughs> the, the line John shared with me was, um, God, where is it? Oh, no, you don't. You've been preaching to me for a long time. Now I get to preach to you. Yeah, it's what's known as a preacher round. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I love solid. Book too much. It's just it's too much for me. Yeah, I need to go back and read the first few still. I only have like the more recent ones. Like yeah, I'm missing some too. Three, I think. I should because I didn't really believe that it was going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah, fine, fine. I'll try one. Sure. And now it is the best book I'm reading. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, what did you think of Unfollow? Then you said that was your other favorite thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think the last time we talked about Unfollow, 
it was uh, the single character shot on um, the uh, the Japanese author, right? Am I correct? I don't. I don't remember. We, we the, there's been two issues in this more recent arc after like everyone got destroyed, and right. the one is him like um, is the one that tells the backstory to Akira and how he lost yeah, his legs. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so during that, I, I really like that. But I also I think during the podcast said, now I want to get back to the the main story. I don't want any more of these like single character standalone issues. Oh, we're gonna get uh, like eight of them. Yeah, I still don't want a bunch of them, but I think last time I said I want just one. I, I, I dug this. This is a, a standalone for the creator of, of the Twitter, uh, Larry Farrell. Uh, wait, wait, one second, though. Is it called Headspace? Is the name of his, his – that's the name of his company in here, right? I don't they know. Keep saying, they keep saying like, oh, I hear Headspace. Yeah, it must it, be then. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so that is a real thing. That is an app for meditating. That's weird. Well, that's, I mean, come on. Obviously it is. Like, that's such a bad generic title. Obviously it's something that exists. I, I'm just surprised that they, they use it and, like, no one's been like, hey, wait a second. I didn't notice until now, but then I just thought of it and it's like, wait a second, I know the name of that. But I couldn't remember if that's what they actually call the Twitter thing or not. No, I forget. It's not called, I forget what the hell it's called. But it's, it's, yeah, I think it's Trooper. Um... So it's 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 the story how of how Larry became Larry, and it it, it follows a writer who is who's written one novel and hasn't done much since. But the New Yorker is flying him out to do a profile of Larry as like the reclusive, eccentric tech genius who's founded this this huge app that everyone has. Um, Oh no, he hasn't. The app hasn't happened. Oh, he hasn't. He's, he hasn't done no, no, the app. No, he's going to unveil that. That's the the their company right. is like is all these other things, but um, but he, and he's the one who called and decided that this is the guy who should come and do the profile of him, just as like a tech a tech guru of sorts. Right. And and they're getting ready to announce this like chirper thing. So so the journalist goes out to do the interview and, and Larry keeps on ditching him um, and leaving him with his, I believe it's fiance. Yep. Or maybe his wife, the fiance. Fiance, because they get engaged on the first panel. They, they start to have, you know, these deep conversations about the author's book and about what the special thing that Larry is going to do and how she cares about it all. And then they fuck. And Larry watches on his, on his, little ipad screen and then proceeds to ruin the journalist's life and uh oh the thing that i'm skipping i skipped i shouldn't have skipped is that the the app the thing that they're going to unveil is supposed to be this like positive change the world um all their money going to good to make humans as as perfect as possible very idealistic happy thing um, and it's all because of, of the, the writer and his book. And then that's when, when the fiancé and the, the journalists uh, have their affair or their in single instance of affair. And Larry watches it and decides instead to, uh, to m- make the, the 180 app and watch the world burn. I, yeah, I guess so. I thought I guess that, so? It, well, that I think that there's so much time that's in between those two. I think that his – I mean his motivation for why he ends up making the 140 – thing um is is the seed of it is right here but i don't think that that's like one to the next i think like the next thing that happens is he releases the app that becomes chirper then he eventually 
decides to ruin everyone's life. Like through the 140 app. I think there's years in between here. Well, but I mean, he says, I was going to try and save the world. Now I don't think I will because of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. That's a, yeah, that's a kernel. <laughs> that's definitely, it's a really strong kernel. Right. Um, I don't like the art in this much at all. It was weird. And, but and I it's think to- it- totally different. It's like just a different style. And it's like, yeah. I don't even know who it is. I mean, it's not this bad. Javier Polito. I can't even read this because then they've got like letters coming <laughs> it up. It makes it really fucking useful. Um, anyways, whoever it is, it's totally fine. But like, it's not, it doesn't suit this book for me because I'm, it- I'm used to the other styles and like the more quasi realistic one. And this is so cartoony. And, like, some of the scenes, like, where she says, like, it's all because of you. Like, his eyes are just too big. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Um, I don't like that vibe to it. I get why. I think of all of the characters for this art to be used on, Larry makes the most sense. Um, But I I see what you're saying about it. I think it it suits his story, Um, his, like, tech guru affair journalist type thing. Silicon Valley more than any of the other characters that that art wouldn't work as well for. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, who do you think is going to be the next person that's going to be? Because it's going to be a bunch of these. Oh, maybe not. Maybe it'll it'll be only be a couple of those single focus ones. I wish it'd only be a couple, but I bet you're right that it'll be a bunch. And I have no guess. I don't know even who I'd want to see. Although I feel like some of the other ones have have already happened. Like, didn't this didn't this happen before? Were there a couple like uh, issues that sort of like focused on Dave's backstory and? But I felt those were different because I think that was setting up the characters in the book. Like, it, it started off seeming like Dave might be the protagonist mm-hmm. uh, because his single issue happened so early. Um, so I think it introduced some characters. At the same time, it was introducing the entire concept of the book. Then it had much stronger group sense, and now it's fractured and trying to find what we're doing again. But these are all flashbacks where the others were happening kind of much more in time. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you have, is there any character you'd want to see like this lengthier background on? Uh. Well, oh, you know, the one that I'm thinking of that did is uh, the Deacon. Yeah, that was what I, I realized. I was trying to think of what your answer would be. And I was like, oh, I bet he'd say the Deacon. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, there was one for the Deacon. Yeah, exactly. So otherwise, it would be him. I don't you would know take more Deacon, any... though, wouldn't you? I'd take more of him. Yeah, because he's great. <laughs> I miss the Deacon now. He's going to be, he'll be back. He's not dead. He I know, but, plane. you know. It'll be a while if they do a bunch of these. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's what I mean when I say I miss the Deacon. I think I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, you could look this up and see how they describe the next issues, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just these two, and then there's like a mini arc of like four issues, and then maybe another person or something later on. I'd be happy with that. Rubenstein might be one of them at some point in time. Um, because he needs to be kind of filled out. Plus, there's like the issue of like. They keep talking about the deaths and like the the different people at play and and that are dying and there's a, there's got to be more of that get, that gets developed as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if it if it was either one of those. Either like I, it's all of uh, like all the characters get this right now and there's like six issues of single 
<clears throat> focus stories or if it's just a couple and then it has like a, a shorter arc. Unfollow 15. A year has passed since the tragic events at Akira's commune. The 140 are dying at an alarming rate and the world is now split between Akira's vision and Rubenstein's. Things have changed. So has Dave. And when, when word comes through that Larry Farrell may in fact be alive, he decides to revisit Farrell's island. See, After okay, so. He's becoming the hunted. So yeah, so you're right. You're right. Good. Totally, I'm happy about that. Totally different. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't want to find out much more about Rubenstein until a little bit further down the road. Like, I don't want to put off forever and ever, but I like him being uh, just kind of unknown. Yeah, yeah. For now, enough. for a while longer. There wasn't much else that I read this 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 time, even though there was a lot of comics and there's nothing that was like super talk about ish. Yeah, I'm I'm meant to drop Cannibal, but I didn't, and it came out, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's bad. Um, that's, is, um, that's number is it which how far is this now is it cannibal number three 30. yeah i'm wow. um, i'm this time i'm gonna remember to drop it um it's like bad jason aaron it's like jason aaron's doing the southern grit thing in a lot of ways and so then this is like oh yeah southern southern grit is selling let's go with that and then the next one it's just it's just bad it's just yeah hicks running a lot of town like really flat characters um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I meant to drop it. I regret not. This time I will. Yeah, I I, I understand that. I would I would do the same. <clears throat> uh, yeah, you know the other thing I have is for the Valiant Corner is uh Savage Number One. This is one of these prestige miniseries that they're doing. <clears throat> that and this is a kind of a question. So. The setup on this is that a famous soccer player is going to play. He and his wife and his, his newborn baby are flying across the Atlantic, I assume, to go play soccer in America because his career is sort of on the on the ropes. Um, so he's got to, like, build his brand back up by going and, like, trying to dominate MLS, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, which, you know, this that's all realistic. Um, like, absolutely too realistic. They're playing crashes. They're on, they find they're on this like deserted island, and then like and he's and his wife kind of hates him because he's just a drunk, shitty soccer player dude, right? And um, <laughs> who, who's like thinks that he's living his glory at all moments in time. Um, and then there's like a fast forward sequences that are that frame either side of the that uh, yeah like that that frame the the that narrative, and um, they are of like this kid, this younger kid seemingly growing up to being like maybe prepubescent age, who is like killing dinosaurs. Um so this island has like some some crazy elements to it, like possibly dinosaurs. <laughs> and this kid has to kill them and he's like a savage, right? So you call it Savage. I think the character's name might involve Savage in it somehow. I forget what his name is. Um they but they land on an island that is essentially the Savage Land from the Marvel universe. And I wonder how close do you can you get to that without that being like a trademark? Like, where do comics draw the line? Like, there's enough like duplication of characters, obviously, between the two big companies, where it's like, well, there's the the equivalent of that person over there. Like, um, John sent us a message after a Thanos discussion about whatever right. the guy's name was, Champion of the Universe, explaining that Champion of the Universe wasn't Lobo, <laughs> predates Lobo by decades, and is like has this whole long history. Which is great. His name is still Champion of the Universe, which is really dumb. Um, 
But like when they make then a character like Lobo and it's like, oh, that's exactly champion the universe. Like where how how close do you have to be? Like how many elements can you steal before it becomes like a violation? Like well, this isn't Savage Land isn't exactly but Okay. I mean, I, I feel like now you could not get away with nearly as much. And it's also, it doesn't sound like Valiant is creating that to make it a big lasting thing. They're kind of, they're doing it as a knowing parody or not parody, but a knowing version of. Yeah. And I think that's much more allowed than like if a company tr- created a parallel version of a character to really try to sell their new character. I think that would be kiboshed very quickly. Yeah. I, and I don't know this. There was like a old Valiant. There was like Turok the dinosaur hunter. That was like a character that that, that did fight dinosaurs or did something yeah. with dinosaurs. I don't really remember. But um, I know that that they don't own the property that property anymore. Like that's like been sold. That was part of like when they were sold off. That one went to another company. Like there's a couple of their old characters that exist in other companies. And this brushes up against that. Plus like the the X Men Savage Land sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. But it's it's kind of interesting that that's yeah, I don't know. I was just it's curious and the, it's fine. The um the this issue number one is fine. It's like not the best. The other the other miniseries that's ending this week, Britannia, is way better. Like, yeah, that's, that's actually the one really, I should check out. That's really fucking great. Yeah, that's a good. That's interesting and weird and and very well done. Um, and this isn't that yet, but like it also feels like like very far away from like getting to the guts of it. Like or the first the first issue is very much a setup sort of thing, right? Um, cool. So that's all I've got, really. Um, I think the final thing I'll end on for my my sci-fi corner is oh in, yeah 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 Island Thirteen. It has the second part of the story titled Island Three, which here's the. It is by Lando, which is a freaking great name. Um, it's This is the one that's set on a ring world, it appears to be. It's a, a large, large ring world that has a solitary being that is... It's all black and white, and uh, so it's kind of... It's hard to tell some of the details in a way. So the guy clearly has some robotic parts, but he looks part human, too. Um and the only thing there with them are full-on robots, like a, a, a drone that, that speak to him and tell him and what to do and kind of obviously controlling his life. Um, he's out for a bike ride, and that's a great time, great time, 316, well done. Now take a left at the next exit and we'll head home. And he goes the opposite direction. And so a good chunk of this is just the robot yelling at him and him racing his bike, and it's it's – pictures of the the landscape this vast empty landscape of roads and, and and trees and him and facial expressions of him that kind of excited and nervous to be going off of the, the the track that these robots want him on for whatever reason we don't know uh he gets in an accident part of the his electronic part on his head is, is ripped out it looks painful um but he has this flash of of ocean and 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 seeing another world and then another robot comes and gets him and they take him home and the little piece of him that fell off lately is left behind um 
and so each of these, I don't know how long this 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 part this story goes on for. I don't know how many parts there are. Often the island tells you, sometimes it doesn't. Um, right. But I, I like this exploration of this character who has barely spoken. I mean, this issue, I think he only says, "I'm fine." Um, huh. Who's trapped on this huge empty ring world that's clearly designed to like have an entire civilization and it's just him and it's the everything there is meant to take care of him and he feels immensely trapped and is trying to uh, uh get out or, or or find answers or something we don't even know yet it's it's just intriguing it's it's quiet it's poetic and it's it's cool sci-fi that's cool. I feel like that comic is coming out more and more frequently. It might just be this, that we don't record every week, but it, man, it does it seem like it comes out every time we talk. I this one came very seemingly came very very close to the last one. I it, the thing is, it also there was a huge gap for a while. There was a oh. long, gap, and I think since the gap, it's been like rapid fire. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really dug so that many- aspect that one in this story in this issue. There's so many creators, it seems like it could go either way. Like if you needed a part, someone, someone right. behind on it, that could screw things up. But you could also just slip in someone else's thing since it's an anthology and yep. it doesn't have to follow. So, yeah, so it could be like varies. it just comes out. This thing could come out every week if they wanted to. <laughs> that would be a lot. Yeah. Um, also, like the opening DC. pages. <laughs> the opening pages were also just like cool art, which this often just does. Either the back or the front is not a no real narrative, no comic book setup, just mm-hmm. art. It's fun. I like That's it. That's cool. That's cool. And now that now that DC's had their like biweekly thing for a few months, how and you you read a couple of those, right? Yeah, I read. I think three. just Batman. Oh, I thought you read Wonder Woman still. No, no. Okay, I read those I re- two and and uh, and uh, Detective. Um, how do, oh, well, how do you Detective, feel? Yeah. How do you feel about it with Batman and Detective? I don't. I don't think. I, well, hmm, it's hard to tell how much I'm not liking the biweekly, or and how much I'm just not really enjoying the books that much. Oh, really? You didn't like the new Batman? No. Yeah, no. I was disappointed because, as as we know, I like Tom King, but. It just, it just, yeah, it didn't do anything for me. It was just like another, like Batman psychology book. Uh, I don't know. I like, the, I like the interaction between like all the the way that the art's laid out because it's very different from uh, his normal comics. Yeah, no, the art it's was like cool. A very specific I just... like weird issue for him. It has a suicide thing that Bruce Wayne almost committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. That's a moment. I, okay. Okay, I guess my strongest reaction to it was less I'm bored with this book, less I don't think this writing is good, and more I'm I'm kind of bored with Batman. Hmm. Like that that I think was my stronger reaction than anything about this issue or the writing was just like I, I kind of I don't I don't Batman I don't know man I think we might be over not sure but we might be over. Yeah, I, I still like this. I'm still going to stick with it. I like the fact that the next issue comes out this week <laughs> or like next week <laughs> because then you just like keeps it keeps churning along so I can get to the yeah. next next part of the story. But it does have the feel that this is like one of those big, long, overarching things um, in some of its scene <laughs> setting. And I like that. Yeah, I, I do, do enjoy that aspect of it a lot, actually. That's good. I, I was just good curious to see. Start. So like this ended the third arc because they keep doing these like four part story arcs for the first like 16 issues or something or more um so this is the third one like the first one was like i am gotham they introduced the the gotham right. gotham girl right. and then it was like 
uh, I forget what the next one was, but it's I am something else, and that's where like she loses her shit. And um, then this one, which is I am suicide, which leads them into like uh, hey, Batman's little Suicide Squad into fighting Bane. And like the next one, I don't know what it's called, um, but it's gonna be I am something, I assume. <laughs> um, no, it's, maybe it's just called The Last Stand of Batman. But um, but I kind of like how those are like little chunks. They're like two month chunks. Yeah. No, I that 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 I definitely appreciate. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't necessarily need the Monsterman Night of the Monsterman thing in the middle of it. That sort of jacked the yeah. timing for me. Yeah, I agree. But especially if you didn't read the other that. books. <laughs> yeah, then it would just be. Well, then it was. It wouldn't even be that it's confusing because it's not. It wasn't really that confusing. It'd just be like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, no. It, it was just like that was a waste. It was just this weird insertion. It was a yeah a bit of something unrelated to everything else I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that was that's tough. I wonder if they're going to have to do that again to stay on time with things, or if they've managed to get around that. Yeah, I don't know. But so this is, we've already recorded for an hour because there's a lot of books to catch up on. Um, what I don't know, if, I don't know if we want to pick up on pick up a staple of the week since we're going to skip next week. But do we want to at least look at like what's coming out? Um, that you might be interested in. And I've got the one that I think is the most interesting because I already picked up my comics for this week, this afternoon. And the thing that I was most most excited to see came out is Young Terrorist number two. <laughs> because what in the hell? That number one came out so long ago. You looked number, up when it actually came out? Number one came out before we started this podcast. <laughs> that's That's a long time. That's a long time ago. I don't. I remember literally nothing about that, except just, that like there's a girl and she's got a shaved head and she's rebellious against uh, her family. Like, and, at and that point, why bother? Like, just get them all and release a graphic novel. Like, fuck it, man. It's so. It's another one of these seven dollar like four hundred page books too, or something like that. I mean, it is kind of like a graphic novel. I mean, okay. I, I, I forgive them in the sense that like. Um, and, it, and the, I forgive them because the person who's writing it also directs their company. Yeah, fair so enough. So it's like, it's probably both a time-consuming to run Black Mask, even if it's not very big, um, but B, also, like, you got to get the money for everyone else. Right, right. Um, fair enough. So maybe this, and I remember in the end of the first one, he was talking about how it was going to, the first one was oversized because they wanted to, like, give you the full story. And it didn't, it, so it wouldn't feel like you're just like not sure what the world was, and then it would take like three issues to do that. So they did it as one issue, and then it's going to be monthly thereafter. And then this one again is like super long. So I wonder if it was like, yeah, we're not going to do that either. Maybe we'll just release one <laughs> long one every so often, which I don't, I don't necessarily mind if you if right. if that's sort of like set forth as a premise. I don't mind it that much, but but I, I'm I'm excited to read that because I thought that when I read the first one, it was pretty ambitious and interesting and strange world. And very like uh, more literary apocalypse mm. than a lot of other things, but we'll see. The most of the other black mask stuff I've sort of given up on. Yeah, like skeptics is terrible, like terrible. And uh, and black, I've I not I'm not signing up for it anymore. I cut it, but it's I'll, I'll whatever issues I have signed up for, I'll read and it's fine. But it's just not that super inspiring either. Hasn't only one issue come out? And the third one came out this week. Oh, crap. Okay. So, well, I've missed them. <laughs> um, the second one was better than the first. It gave a little bit more interesting story, but it's still a little 
it's a little jammed and a little uh it doesn't it doesn't have a confidence of of anything um you know you know what you should get is the east of west t-shirt embrace nihilism <laughs> god i should get that it seems like a perfect it seems right up your alley I should definitely get that, especially since the coffee shop I go to, the art gallery next door, has uh, destroy apathy on their wall. So I think like entering with embrace nihilism is a nice response. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's um, fun. There's Mayday um, number two, is coming yeah, out too, which I'm yeah. really excited about. I'm stoked for that. I'm excited that you turned me on to that. I'm gonna. I'm did, definitely. Did you end up reading? Or you haven't seen it yet? Oh yeah. No, I read the first issue and I, I liked it a bunch. So like, I'm, isn't it I'm cool? In. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I'm like sitting here not remembering it well, but I remember liking it, and it being and being up my alley. So I'm I'm psyched about the next one. Yeah, I I think it's super cool. Um, there's banging somewhere. Um, I don't know what else is coming out in here. Oh, Moonshine, Reborn, Reborn. That's solid. Jessica Jones, which will be the first thing I read inevitably. <laughs> IVX. IVX what? number one. Inhumans versus X Men. Oh, number God. one of six. Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> Just fuck it. No. Just fuck off. I'm not. Are you? No. I don't know. But I do. I want to know what it is, but I, I want someone to do. just summarize it for me. <laughs> I just want to read the spoilers. Yeah, and I, that's the one that I just. I'm not going to read that, but like. But I, but for the for the world that they built in this conflict between the Inhumans and X Men, and the fact that when this ends, Resurrection with all the X Men new X Men series starts, like I'm curious to see like what how they get to that point. But I'm not going to read it. Uh, Except I read the one the beginning of the last series that led in the list because we did that one week where it's all number ones. <laughs> There's an Optimus Prime number one coming out this week. Oh God, but that's baller. My Little Pony Friends Forever, number 35. I've secretly read every issue since the one I read for this podcast. I believe it. <laughs> why, why would you believe that? Because why not? You probably got hooked. This shit's like crack cocaine, I believe. I did not. Yeah, that's what they all say. They all say, don't, don't you dare read one of those My Little Pony issues because you'll get hooked just like crack. You'll never stop. It's just, yeah, it's just like, it's just like crack. <laughs> There's a there's a a DC Rebirth holiday special. I don't even know what that would be. Like, what would that? What what no. the fuck does that mean? Like, is it, it just is, like a DC holiday wonder, special? Like, why is it the DC Rebirth holiday special? I don't 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 miss a Hanukkah crisis for Huntress, a Flash family Jesus. Christmas, Wonder Woman interrupting John Constantine's hell blazing pagan party, and more, including the return of Detective Chimp. Today's top talents bring you a very special holiday gift that will keep on giving through the new year. That's a very short period of time. Like it's, it's a, I'm literally saying that this will, be, this will keep on giving for two weeks. Oh, two weeks and and paul dini crafts a harley holiday tale featuring dcu guests that bridges all the stories in the weirdest wildest way that's god awful nah that does not sound very good um god. yeah there's a lot of there's, bucks. there's a lot of stuff that comes out this week there's a ton of stuff that comes out in the 21st the day before the day before christmas or the few days before christmas oh resident alien the fourth one of that that seems to come out all the time too no, it just comes out like monthly. Like, Which I monthly think it's just because like all the time. If we do this, if we do the podcast weekly, like we're supposed to, it probably <laughs> wouldn't seem like it comes out all the time. It's just that we always hit upon that. Yeah. 
we we'll, just land we'll, on those we, weeks. We will get back to the weekly. We, we will once do you it. Guys, once you guys get out of your, your time-sucking job thing. Goddamn job. Stupid. Um, <laughs> and Britannia ends this week. Which oh, I'll, I'll be excited to talk about that in, uh, in Valiant Corner because I'm curious to see how they, that wraps up. Cool. Like actually, plot-wise and like, it's just, I mean, because it's, you know, I know how it ends. The Roman Empire ends. Like, I don't does know. Does it? <laughs> I don't know that I want to read that because I'm, I'm aware <laughs> that the Roman Empire doesn't continue. I I want the Empire to crumble. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know if there's, there's nothing else on here that seems like fun to me. There's a, there's a comic book named Hillbilly. Oh, God. Who publishes That's, that? I don't know. It's under the the mess at the end of comics and graphic novels. Just like the. Why am I not reading Hillbilly? I don't know. Hillbilly is probably solid. <laughs> How could it not be solid? I also I'm I don't want to know, but like, why is there? I don't want to even know. But there's a Gold Digger number two hundred and thirty eight. <laughs> yeah, there are two hundred thirty seven other issues of something called Gold Digger. Where is this from Xenoscope? Like it's gonna be from Xenoscope, isn't it? It's just gonna be what happens. Oh, what is it? Oops, that's not it. Gold digger number two thirty eight is from. It's Arctic Press. What is it? Arctic Press. Yeah, what is that? The fuck is Antarctic Press? Whoa, Gold Digger looks insane. It looks like a. Probably like more like manga e plus xenoscope. Yeah, that looks pretty slutty. They're, they're, they also like Antarctic Press also publishes something called Blade Bunny. Oh my is, god, which is super cool. Oz the manga, the governator, stainless steel armadillo. No, that's not. It's not. It's yes, it is. This is act- Arctic Press with an old logo, and they're like they're like old. They don't even have like real. They don't. Their website doesn't have information. Like two thirty eight, it just says check out the latest issue from Fred Perry's Gold Digger series, and there's no description. Oh my god! Oh wait, no. If you click next, it takes you inside. You want and to go the inside first, the, the, in the inside the comic book, and the first beginning is I'm in position. I think it's hard to tell when you're looking for an invisible soul por- portal on the lunar surface, and there's a strong possibility that the ancient bedroom bathroom wall carvings of Tabuka weren't actually referring to the moon when they decreed Muhuwaha to the fabled rear <laughs> entrance to paradise. Whoa, this is like a that's a that would be a funny sex joke if I had read it correctly. Oh they, my they god. They referring is... to Muhuwaha, the fabled fat bottom priestess backside that shimmied in 5201 BC. <laughs> Who's what mooning the... who is the name of this ep- of this issue? Oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is kind of amazing, to be honest. Like, I, don't, I don't know, but this is <laughs> funny. There's a huge dude without genitalia, a giant red dude who's totally without genitalia. Many of Antarctic staple characters from titles including Warrior Nun Areola. Ninja High School, Gold Digger, Gold Digger, The Courageous Princess, and Dragon Arms came together in 2005, How to Break into Comics, which also featured their creators in the narrative. In 2006, a popular title, Warrior Nun, was relaunched as Warrior Nun Lazarus. What? The what fuck? the hell is this? <laughs> and 
You know, we say this, and I'm sure that uh, the old man comics has a history know, lesson for I know, us. I know. I, I can't wait to get the corrections and the information. Like, I want it badly. I wish right about, it right, right about around 1.30 tomorrow afternoon. Um, <laughs> well, uh, well, he should be uh, finishing finishing uh, uh, putting packages on, on doorsteps. I will get a text explaining how I how it's stupid that I don't know what Antarctic Press is. <laughs> Or like Antarctic presses existed forever. They invented Lobo, one of the two. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> no, this one, this one might even stump John. We didn't do an old man comic segment on this week. No, because I don't, I don't have old man comic knowledge. I, I, I've still been reading those. Uh, I finally got the last volume of the um, Brian Azzarello Wonder Woman, so I get to see how it all wraps up, which is great. But I haven't had a chance to do it. I haven't gone back to anything older because i haven't really read anything and not as much as nothing i haven't had time for that at all i was also gone for the past week so anyway i think that should do it for this week i don't know if you have any final like jokes or thoughts that you want to throw in here i, I have nothing but this weird new found obsession with antarctic press that's all i have it's, left it's crazy like it's super crazy <laughs> like their website is the worst website did <laughs> the end of their about page oh i was on it yeah you go to their about page and first off it says author and then there's nothing and then it's just information yeah. about the press but we also license products for development as comic books and toys so whether you're interested in any of our properties or if you just have a product you want to merchandise don't hesitate to ask also, the final sentence of their their about themselves is a desperate sales pitch. Yeah. Also, don't forget to mention that to the left of that, there's a logo that is in low res, so it doesn't show up correctly on their own website. <laughs> Yet they've published a comic that has 238 issues. How does it have that many issues? What is, <laughs> does it is come going on easily? here? I, can't, I just feel like this can't and all their website everything's layered on top of it like none of the images are next to each other do you They're think like, the guy do you think their author is paid to have their books published by them this is pretty amazing so um so they have they have uh they have shirts they have apparel right and, uh, <laughs> one part shirts? and one of the apparel is uh, like a, a throwing star in the middle of it and that says don't blame me i voted for ninjas <laughs> oh my god that's, under the, also, that's under the hottest items mind you there's a pirates one of course yeah i like that they're some of their apparel is is star wars shit like like they're they're I, supposed to be like their own press and like no look at a star wars joke this is really random um anyways okay we're not gonna bore you guys anymore thanks for listening <laughs> You can follow us at Twitter at 32Pages2Staples, and you can email us at 32Pages2Staples at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another one of these sort of episodes, and then after that we'll do our year-in-review show. So we'll talk to you then. (laughs) 